Thanks everybody for joining us again. It's another episode of Bull Flag Group, and we are interviewing today Pete Woodard of Alpaca Finance. Love to speak to you about your project, your token, and kind of the larger DeFi movement that's happening right now. But I'll let you kind of introduce yourself and then let the crowd know what is Alpaca Finance. For sure. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, so my name's Pete. I look after the, the institutional growth for Alpaca. So really focus on both crafting an institutional product, but also working with like the institutions that use our platform already. So a bit about Alpaca, we, we launched in March. We're a lending protocol, but unlike like a compound or Aave, we focus on leverage yield farming. So for users, we have one side of the business they can lend assets to. So BNB, BUSD, USDT, and they receive a yield. And then the other side is leverage yield farming. Um, so we are, a, we are a BSC project. We have about 1.5 billion TVL. So it ranges between 1.2, 1.7 or so. And I said, we've been in the market since March. So unlike a lending protocol, like a compound or Aave, where you can borrow assets and take that into DeFi and play with it, the borrowed assets never leave our ecosystem. So people will borrow assets from the lending side of the business to lever up positions on, let's say, PancakeSwap. So a lot of people I speak to, they like the what they call market neutral or delta neutral farming. So it's stable coin, stable coin pair. Uh, and the yield is much, much higher than you're going to get anywhere else. So again, it ranges, say, 15 to kind of low 20% on stable coins. And of course, there's other people that are more up the risk spectrum that like to yield farm smaller cap, which have like a higher risk, but also a higher reward. Got it. So talk to us a little bit about leveraged yield farming. So what is that exactly in layman's terms? Sure. So I think most people, they're using DeFi, they know yield farming, right? So you go 50-50 uh, with two different crypto assets, and you receive a yield from the exchange or the DEX, basically will give rewards and you get those rewards. Oftentimes, same as us, we give like our alpaca token as reward as well to kind of juice that, that yield. So it's the exact same concept. The difference is if we're saying someone's going 4X, so they're 4X leveraging, they have one asset and they're borrowing three. So they can basically go 4X. So we go up higher than 4X, so it's around 6X. But typically, we're ranging between two and a half and and four x for for leverage yield farming. Okay, and are there any other associated risks? Because I know with traditional even CFI DeFi, there is risk associated with it. But talk to us with the additional risks that go along with your platform. For sure. So with leverage comes risk, right? So if one of the assets that you're borrowing or one of the assets you're using moves. Um, in the wrong direction, uh, you can be liquidated. So stablecoins is a, a very good example. So at like a 6x leverage, a stablecoin would have to get knocked off peg by like 17% or so for a chance of liquidation. We have our own inbuilt Oracle Guard, we call it our Alpaca Guard, that basically if there is a fast wicking movement, so price manipulation or fast sort of movement in the market, we will freeze off liquidations. It's obviously not in our best interest for our users to, to get liquidated, but of course, that, that is a risk with, with leverage anywhere across DeFi. Sure. So let's uh, switch pace a little bit. Talk to me about the team and your role specifically. 
There is, I'd say, in terms of like the broader team, there's about 60 of us. A lot of those are sort of like BD and moderators in sort of different parts of the world. Then we have our, our core team, our dev team sort of out in Asia. Head of strategy is with me in Canada. And there's two other gentlemen, head of BD and a guy I work closely with named Rupert that also looks after institutional in London. My job title is head of institutional growth. So mixed in with about 50,000 users is a fair amount of institutional users. When I say institutional, it is crypto funds, asset managers, those type of people, right? So my focus really is, again, we've been looking at institutional DeFi. There are a lot of institutions moving into this market. And we went out for the last you know, while and sort of reached around the market to see like where the appetite is, what we can do with our product to make it better. And you know, in terms of roadmap, you know, where should we be focusing on for the institutional side of the market? And when did you first launch the project completely? And talk to me about kind of the stage before that and how long it took for you to kind of ramp up get capital onboarded, et cetera? So we, we launched in March. We, we were a fork of Alpha Hamora, their, their V1 on BSC. Obviously, there's a lot of work that goes into whether it's sort of VC-backed or, or fair launch projects, but we didn't haven't taken on the outside capital. So yeah, we, we fair launched in, in March, kind of going forward. And um, I think the our head of strategy and product and dev team do a really great job on focusing on security. So gone through 11 audits, never security breach, which is sort of a rarity on, on BSC. And I think that's like really hit home. A lot of people I speak to know about Alpaca, have used Alpaca and put a, you know, fair, a fair amount in it um, just because they know the security is there and then the product's really great. What would you tell someone who is kind of deciding whether to use a platform which would be considered potentially more safe, like a BlockFi or something like that, or a Celsius network? What do you say to those users to kind of urge them to use your platform or even any of the other pancake swap sushi out there as well? Sure. So we're talking CFI. I have friends that use you know CFI, right? And a lot of them are pulling off and going into DeFi. The one thing I get asked a lot is, is there any lockup with Alpaca? And it's you know pure permissionless DeFi. So you can put it in one second, pull out the next, or leave it for a year. It's up to you. Where when you're giving it to CFI, obviously they take custody of your asset, and that's fine. But I, I had a friend who um, was using BlockFi and had like a multi-day sort of okay, let's approve your transaction sort of issue. And when the market moves so quick, you know those two or three days could could mean a lot. So I think a lot of people are getting a lot more comfortable with with DeFi. So. A lot of CFI obviously repothecate your funds, so you lose control of them. And that's you know, a huge ad- advocate for DeFi is that you're in control. Yes, they go into a smart contract, but ultimately you're in control of, of your assets. Where do you see the DeFi movement going two years from now, three years from now? And what are the major roadblocks from your standpoint? I think two years in DeFi is like, a, like an eternity, but... You know, I think what we're seeing now is a lot more cross-chain. So that's one big thing in our roadmap is is just sort of taking what we're doing and going cross-chain. It sounds easier than than it actually is for a company like ours that kind of really thinks through the right thing to do. But cross-chain is a big one for sure. I think everyone's looking at regulation as as another. There is just talk about what I there's a lot of institutional capital that are sitting on the side just waiting for sort of regulations to clear out, right? So I think you'll see a lot more participation and they love the yield, but, you know, regulation and also sort of like I call operational hazards are still there where 
they may not know how to use DeFi. So the, the typical sort of process is they buy Bitcoin, buy Ethereum, dip their toe into DeFi, and then say kind of what's, what's else. So you'll see a lot of interconnectivity, lots of cross-chain, which is kind of seen more now. And in two years, it's hard, <laughs> it's hard to say, but you know, at least in the short-term future, that's probably um, that's where it's at. And talk to us about the token itself. You did not raise capital. Why did you go down that road versus kind of, like you mentioned, VCs becoming involved in DeFi projects early on? You know, was that kind of a core value that you guys had as a team or what brought you to that conclusion? I think a lot of it was, again, like it's not so much control, but um, I think the team really knows where it's going and, and wants to have kind of the final say. We do work with you know VCs in the sense that they have portfolio companies that could be complementary to us. But yeah, fair launch, um, as we're seeing across the ecosystem. Uh, there is advantages of being VC, but I'd say advantages in terms of project cards being, being a fair launch. So who is allowed to uh, have access to the platform right now? Anybody. Anybody with a Web3 wallet can have access to the platform. So permissionless DeFi. There's no sort of like permission pools or roadblocks, just uh, you need like a MetaMask wallet and that's it. Awesome. In terms of DeFi at large, where do you see the biggest pain points for more mainstream adoption? I think it's usability. Like the usability of DeFi still sucks, right? Like MetaMask works, it's good. But, you know, trying to tell someone like, hey, once you add a new network, uh, add a new, new RPC to uh, MetaMask, they kind of glaze over and go like, we talked about, right? So it's not the most intuitive either. Like, especially a lot of like the like newer trends in DeFi, for example, like, like magic internet money and like looping and bridging and all that stuff. So I, th- I think it's a huge usability step, but I think everyone, whether it's sort of like funds or people all go through the same progression of you buy the top three tokens and you ask yourself like, what else can you do? And you kind of go down the rabbit hole from there. But, you know, with some of the like neobank things coming out that kind of adopt and Coinbase of the world and all that, people are slowly kind of getting on board, but there is a, a huge learning curve for people to like massively adopt it, I would say. So are there any current incentives for early users, et cetera, like we've seen in the past with some of the other platforms? So for, for Alpaca's sake, so we add to our yields with Alpaca token. We do a lot of buyback and burns, and we are moving to a deflationary sort of model in like the long term, right? So we're a fixed cap project. In terms of tokens, we can't just like spin them out and, and keep minting them. So we still have incentives. We are a new project. So you'll see with a lot of DeFi, there's an incredible amount of emissions to start a project. We see like the crazy yields, which is basically sort of bootstrapping liquidity. And then as a token kind of levels out, so do the, the emissions. So we still have, so for example, our yields are made up of base token plus alpaca token. You can get great yields as well if you hold alpaca token and just stake it with the platform. So yeah, there's still obviously incentive, but we're not like a brand, brand new project that has like like 20,000% APY or something. (laughs) Got it, got it. In terms of the roadmap, where do you see Alpaca going over the next six months to a year? For sure. We're going to release our roadmap the next, I think it's uh, four or five quarters fairly soon. So we're just wrapping that up. We just did a NFT launch for Alpaca so some of it is around like utility for, for NFTs within Alpaca. I think that the major one is sort of cross-chain, I would say, is the big one. And just kind of picking the right chain and also right product. And then there's a number of like, you know, product enhancements, probably things I 
I can't talk about <laughs> quite here yet, but we'll release a roadmap over the coming sort of like week or so. And they'll outline the next like year, year or more. So in terms of blockchains, where do you view the higher likelihood of success for DeFi? Is that Ethereum? Is that Solana? Is that a Cosmos kind of cross-chain? Yeah, the bulk of the TVL is still on Ethereum. And I don't see that changing anytime soon dramatically. So you have Solana, which I think is, is a great chain, low fee, very fast but it's still not quite there. Like I was messing around with Phantom today and kept getting like, you know, failed transaction, failed transaction, which is, you know, just a bit bothersome, right? So it's hard to pinpoint. You have a lot of chains, like you have IBC with all like the Cosmos ecosystem, which is fairly new, but again, TVL and sort of general, um, you have BSC, Ethereum, um, and a couple other ones kind of chasing. So it depends what happens with, I would say, like Arbitrum or like Matic side chains or other kind of like layer twos that come out and like, where does the TVL move in the end? Right. And if you look at like, again, I look at institutional stuff day in, day out, and still it hasn't moved from Ethereum. So there's sort of like a, a brand recognition and a security factor that will just take other chains time to prove that if they do a launch, it doesn't like completely nuke the chain. Right. Like we saw with Solana like a month or so back where the whole thing just like nuked for whatever 24, 48 hours. So that for any type of user, but also like big player users, it's just not really an option, not an option. So gas fees suck, but Ethereum still holding the TVL and then BSC is sort of like second behind that. Got it. Makes sense. In terms of where the alpaca token is going to go, where do you see that? How do you see that spreading? How do you compete with other tokens out there with bigger followings? And do you think that community drives the success of this token? Yeah, our community is really, really strong. So our our mods, our head of strategy does like a head of marketing does a really great job in sort of keeping the community engaged. We do a lot of things around NFTs and we're very transparent. So like we're, no projects have like their doc section, but our doc section is very well built out, very, very transparent. Um, contracts go through time lock. So all these like transparency mechanisms really, really help, I would say. And then just obviously users look at our roadmap and, and see where kind of like the next step and kind of the, the value will come from for them, either from sort of like a, an accrual, token accrual value or increase in token price. So a lot of that's obviously news-based, but I think for a lot of the long-term successful projects, it's all about transparent communities. Uh, it's a big one. Awesome. Well, final note here. What do you have to say to the viewers? What do you want to convey to the audience here about the platform, about the token, about the company at large? Yeah, sure. I think in DeFi, the best thing you can do is just try it out, right? Even with a small amount of capital, just have a poke around. Like once it's funny, like once people use Alpaca and see the yields, they cut the, the light switch goes on, right? Because you can deposit your, let's say, UST receive seven to nine percent a year leave it forget about it uh, you want to go more of the risk spectrum you're getting yields that are much higher than the majority of the market so yeah i would just say the the track record of the team and security track record's been outstanding one of the highest levels of audits in bsc so 11 audits 90 something 95 percent DeFi security score rating so uh, the team's really doing the right thing. So yeah, just give us a try and, and get the best yields out there.
Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And we will definitely be checking out the platform, poking around. And I totally agree. People who don't understand the platform, people don't, who don't understand DeFi, the best way to learn is to just put some capital into it and fiddle. Like there's no other way to do this other than just getting involved. A hundred percent. That's why BSC is great because the fees are really, really low. So like we're talking thousands, you could poke around with like 50 bucks, 10 bucks, you know, absolutely, uh, and just see the mechanisms at play. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's, this is awesome. Definitely exciting. DeFi is continuously evolving. This leverage yield farming is super cool. Awesome project. Glad to have you on board. How can people get in touch with you and how can people get in touch with the company? For sure. So all of our socials are on our website. So Discord, Telegram, a whole bunch of different languages. And you can reach me at Pete at alpacafinance.org. You want to reach me directly. But mostly, yeah, Discord, super active community, also on Telegram, multiple languages. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Cool. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Bill.